Hey, hey, coming in hot, hot, hot. Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Welcome to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, and today we have another guest with us, Tracy Pleshcourt, and I hope I said that correctly because I forgot to ask before show. She um, is the founder of Self Made You. I love that Self Made You, and the host of Secrets of a Self Made podcast, which helps men and women achieve their goals and solve all problems fast. Fast is all caps by developing self control. And who doesn't need to develop self control? I mean, hello, can you say self sabotage? Tracy has mastered and now teaches an operating system necessary to manage your mind, those awesome thoughts that we get, to eliminate any obstacle, including overeating, overdrinking, time management, career and relationship changes, and professional development. And I have to say, I totally relate to the overeating, overdrinking. I'm going to add overspending in there because I was actually addicted to 0% credit cards. Uh, and one of the things that helped me pay down my debt was the mindset, was the self-control, understanding that connection. So thank you so much, Tracy, for being here, for sharing this space and your journey with us. Um, can you just share a little bit about how did how did you get into the self-control um, mm-hmm. aspect? Like what were you doing that you needed the self-control? Oh man. Well, uh, I needed self-control in pretty much every area of my life. I think when you are feeling out of control. I think that has touch points on, you know, relationships, professional development, health and wellness, leadership, um, of course, habits. So I recognized quite quickly that when I would go to solve a problem, let's just say overeating, and if I focused in on what it was I was supposed to be doing or what it was that I was not supposed to be doing. And I kind of white knuckled my way through that, which a lot of programs will kind of hand you a checklist and say, okay, this is what you need to do. Congratulations. Now go off and do it. Most people can do anything for you know a short amount of time. They have enough willpower, enough grit to get through it. But if they are doing it, being motivated from a feeling like willpower or, you know, grit or determination, or even from a place of like self-loathing, it's not going to be a sustainable result. And so I saw that happening over and over. I would lose the weight only to regain it. I would stop drinking for a year only to start back up because I wasn't solving the problem at the level of my mind. I was really good at white knuckling and following a checklist of actions. And so I realized that the problem was not being able to like rely on myself. I was always looking outside of myself for the solution. And I needed to create a sense of self-control so I could control my thinking that led to the feelings that drove the behaviors that ultimately got the results that I was experiencing. So 
boiled down to the solution to my problems lied within self-control. And so I created a system, a way to operate from, because literally you can apply self-control in every moment of every day. So you can become very masterful at it. Um, the system, I, because I really need frameworks because I have a little peanut brain, has the acronym of S-E-L-F. <laughs> so all you have to do is understand your self and once you do and you start applying it very consistently in all areas of your life, you start feeling and behaving in a way that gets the results that you want. And yeah, a lot of my clients are like, oh my God, it's like magic. And I just say, no, it's not magic. It's just that you've never been taught how to operate with self-control. It's not anything that schools teach you. I think actually schools do a really good job of teaching you what to think. And you get a lot of messaging from the media and, you know, you start to hear them and believe what you are supposed to be thinking and they never teach you how to think. So self-made mm -hmm. you is a school that teaches you how to think so that you feel and behave differently so that you get the results, whether it's professional results or health and wellness results that you actually want. Yeah. And that's so beautiful. And we need self-control, especially when it comes to money. Cause I know a lot of six to seven figure entrepreneurs are taking their money and they have no self-control. They're pouring it all back into their business. They're spending it here. They're going after shiny objects. Um, what would you say to somebody that doesn't have self-control over finances, especially an entrepreneur? Huh. Well, it is your primitive brain thinking that is getting in the way. And that part of your brain operates by default. And it has been the part of your brain that has been actively being strengthened like all day, every day. So it makes perfect sense that you're having these repetitive thoughts that you're believing that maybe sound like I'm not good at saving or I'm always, you know, going to have these financial um, issues or that um, I don't know how to manage my money or money doesn't come easy to me. Those are all thoughts that have been practiced so much that they've become a belief that you operate from. And that's not your fault. It's just that you haven't been taught why those thoughts are even there and how to operate from the other part of your brain that, you know, creates a sense of awareness of what's actually happening when you believe those thoughts. So that's part of our self-control operating system is that, you know, you first have to understand the neuroscience of the organ that resides between the, your, your two ears. Understanding that can be hugely freeing. Like you're not broken. You just are operating from a belief that's not serving you. If you recognize that you are consistently getting results that you don't like in your financial life, it's not because you're a bad person. It's because you haven't learned how to think differently. Once you learn how to think differently, you'll feel differently. Those feelings will drive organically. You don't have to try to do anything. You don't have to follow any sort of checklist. Organically, you start showing up in a different way, creating different results. You find yourself saving money that you never even thought you had. 
you find yourself investing in your business versus, you know, spending and, and, and looking at things as expenses. Like that's a huge mind shift for a lot of entrepreneurs. They think that they're overspending in an area or that they can't afford to spend. When in reality, if they shift the way they're thinking about it, it might actually be an investment in themselves or an investment in their business. And I'm not saying that's, you know, the shift that every entrepreneur should make, but you really should like kind of investigate a little bit on how you feel when it comes to different investments or when it comes to different expenses. Like, are do you feel punitive about that? Like, does it feel punishing? Does it feel like you're operating against your will? Does, you know, like really investigate those thoughts. When I started my business, I was so like skeptical about spending any unnecessary money that it wasn't until I started recognizing the value of investing in resources that I needed that everything started to like open up for me. But I had to, I had to really investigate how I was thinking about spending my, my money. And that is so true. I mean, when we can captivate our thoughts and, and, and recognize that connection, that thoughts, the feelings that get us the results that we want and, you know, the action steps we take all go back to the thoughts and Everyone, like I know, I'm going to just categorize all of you out there listening. Everyone has the same thought pattern. Am I worthy? Is this a good investment? And you're so right, Tracy. A lot of people don't see investing in themselves as an investment. They think, I can't spend that much money. But yet they can spend money on, you know, their kids travel, soccer, hockey, you know, their their husbands join the country club, what have you. That's okay. But when it comes to investing in ourselves, we're like, oh no. I'm, and, I, and it has nothing to do with the numbers. It has to do with that, that self-control, that willpower, that knowing the facts. You know, like I know so many people who want a quick fix. They want that, oh, let's invest in this, in this because it's going to yield an ROI that's going to triple our investment. And then they do it and they lose money. And they're like, well, what happened? Did you research this investment before you did it? Like you can't, you have to be really in aligned. And like you said, how you feel, how is it? What kind of reaction is your body having when you make this decision? Uh-huh. You know, and when you think about self-control, like to me, I hear that word and I'm like, well, I have self-control. I do great things. But when you really think about it, do you have self-control? Because what subconsciously, there's so much that drives us. Yeah. And I when it most- comes... Sorry, I didn't mean to No, interrupt. you're fine. When it comes to the thought process, a lot of it is conditioning statements from childhood. So when you think about your childhood memories, your childhood conditioning statements that weren't intentionally you know, brought to you, what is the most prominent statement that you had to change your belief around while you're growing up when it comes to finances? Oh, um, I would say... It's the one that comes up in almost everything that I do if I'm not being intentional, if I'm really allowing my primitive brain to run away with the show or hijack me. It sounds like you're doing it wrong. (laughs) I have, I can, I can, I hear that thought when I'm, you know, feeling out of control. Those are the types of thoughts that I have around money, I have around relationships, I have around health and wellness. 
And to your point, it absolutely stems from my childhood, but just having that heightened sense of awareness of, you know, that's kind of a BS thought. That's not even true. And I Mm -hmm. can't use the other part of my brain, my prodigy brain to really kind of question that thinking to really create kind of the evidence for how untrue that actually is. Because when you're using your own circumstance as evidence to how the brain operates, you can't debate it. You literally see it in black and white because I literally have my clients like map it out so that they can't argue. This is what's happening. And Mm -hmm. it's a choice. You can either continue to create, you know, on repeat that same, you know, financial situation because you're believing that you're doing it wrong. Or you can ask yourself, is that even true? In Mm -hmm. what ways is that untrue? And now you've got yourself like having a little empathy for yourself. It might not be true. It might just be that you've never been in this situation before. It might be that you're becoming an entrepreneur who better understands, you know, the environment. Like what's actually true because the uh, the thoughts that your primitive brain offers you are very dramatic and mm-hmm. you know without questioning it we often react to it and what unfolds for us is an experience that we don't like and so mm-hmm. yeah um i'm doing it wrong is kind of my my claim to fame thought <laughs> that i have done a lot of work and and now i just kind of giggle when I see it show up. It's like, oh yeah, I see you. There you are. I expected you to come back. I <laughs> nobody's gonna pull that part of my brain from, you know, between my two ears. And so it's gonna sh- it's gonna show up. That's a well-driven neural pathway that's been well established. So mm-hmm. um now I just kind of get playful with it. Yeah. And it's an amazing way to address it because it is. And a lot of entrepreneurs will believe it's a one and done fix. Like, oh, I'm going to be fixed forever. No, this is daily work that you have to do because these thoughts are buried in our subconscious and they want to come out. And I'm not a science math person. I'm I'm a wealth activator. The numbers mean a lot, but money is more about numbers. It's more about the strategic plan that we have, this strategy and everything we do is all about strategy because we want this result. And what, you know, when we reverse engineer it, what steps do we need to take to get this result? But all those interruptions on our path to get there has to do with the thought process that we have. And like you said, being able to recognize it, that's great, but you need to be able to do something differently with it. So when you have this thought process about I'm not enough, you know, there's not enough money, there's not enough, you know, I need more. What tool do you implement to help you build wealth? Yeah. So I use the self-control operating system. This is like Mm -hmm. the system that we teach to all of our clients, whether they're coming into our self-made mind and money program, or they're coming into our self-made mind and body program. They want to lose weight or our relationships program. It's still the same operating system that we teach. And we just kind of layer on top kind of the best practices when it comes to that specific circumstance. So I recognize that I have a thought, you're doing it wrong. So as an entrepreneur, I think most people would agree that's not a thought (laughs) that you want to be operating from because that makes you feel inadequate. That makes you Mm -hmm. feel um, worthless, very doubtful, skeptical that you're, you know, you're going to get this thing off the ground. Um, 
So I have that sense of awareness through asking myself questions. What is it that I'm feeling? Why am I feeling that way? Is that even true? Those are three really strong questions to be asking yourself. I call that self-coaching. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go hire a coach to deliver those questions or to pull those answers out of yourself. You can self-coach. You can ask yourself those three questions every single day. So mm-hmm. the S of, of the self-control operating system, the, the acronym SELF, the S is self-coaching. It's an art of asking yourself high quality questions like Mm -hmm. those three that I just gave you. The E is eliminating the obstacles. Now, these are obstacles you can see and obstacles you can't see. So let's say you have a client. I'm a coach. And so um, I take a lot of one-on-one coaching calls. And let's say I have a client who frequently misses her session. And she doesn't pay on the front end. Maybe she only pays on the back end. And, you know, I'm recognizing that I'm losing time and I'm losing money. So eliminating that obstacle of not getting paid because she's not showing up is a real, like, obvious thing to do. I could collect the money on the front end. I could tell her, you know, it's really important that you keep this commitment. If you don't show up again, I'm going to have to resign you as a client, whatever it may be, but eliminating that obstacle that we often overlook because we're in kind of a self-sabotaging. We believe that primitive brain thought that we're doing it wrong and our primitive brain wants to be right. So guess what? Mm -hmm. We'll overlook the obstacle that maybe seems so obvious and sabotage ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's also these narratives that we operate from, these saboteur narratives. And there's 10 of them. And we offer an assessment so that it becomes really clear to you which narrative you operate from most often. But like the judge is very universal. We're either judging ourselves, we're judging other people, or we're judging circumstances. So if you are somebody that, you know, finds yourself in debt, you are going to be questioning your spending habits and your patterns. Um, you're going to like be um, ruminating on all of your past financial decisions. And you're probably not going to find yourself wanting to make any, any future financial decisions. So those saboteur narratives, um, the judge specifically, are very damaging. So you want to eliminate those. You eliminate them by like literally shining a light on them, knowing which ones are most prominent in your life, which ones you're operating from unintentionally is a great place to start. So we've got self-coaching as the S, eliminating the obstacles as the E, leveraging your prodigy brain strength. So we talk about your brain in two parts, the primitive part of your brain that wants to keep you safe and has you reacting very unintentionally, often from dramatic thoughts, getting you results that you don't want. And then you have the other part of your brain, which is your prodigy brain. That's your intentional part. Scientists would call it your, and doctors would say your prefrontal cortex, but that's the part that allows you to kind of question those primitive brain thoughts. It also affords you access to inherent skills, inherent qualities like empathy, discovery, innovation, navigation, activation, where you're activating from a very clear, concise, laser-focused way. 
And those, again, those strengths are only afforded to you when you're operating from the prodigy part of your brain. And every time you operate from that prodigy part of your brain, you're actively strengthening it. So we are like thinking about the mental fitness as if we're trying to strengthen this muscle so that we can, the prodigy muscle, so that we can override the primitive brain muscle. That's very active and very strong because it's the muscle that's been used most of our life. So leveraging those prodigy brain strengths, and then finally, forging intentional results. And then that's where the best practices come in. So we offer, you know, all these different programs on on very specific circumstances, and we always layer in, layer on top that self-control operating system, but we don't lose sight of what the best practices are. So when it comes to money, making decisions ahead of time is a great best practice, right? Knowing why you're doing what it is that you're doing is a great best practice. Maybe working from a budget or making decisions at a 10x level, whatever those best practices are, you believe in them. You believe in why it is that you've chosen to use them and you operate from a belief that those are best practices that you are being intentional and consistent about applying. So S-E-L-F, when you operate utilizing that four-step system, you get the results that you want. It does turn down the volume on your primitive brain. It shifts from you getting unintentional results, scratching your head, wondering why this always happens to you, to now being very intentional about what it is that you want, being very decisive about why you want it, and a system that is so easy, it's almost hard not to use once you've been taught it. And the only reason why you aren't using it now is because you've just never been taught how to use it. Yeah, and that's so true with finances. No one really teaches um, teaches us as kids how to manage money. It's just kind of like, you know, an un, untapped resource like you you have to make it you need it to survive and you know you had said that one of the conditioning statements that you grew up around with was ask your dad (laughs) so I'm guessing tell us more about that what did you have to ask your dad when it came to money yeah yeah well it's it was really obviously a deflection from my mom not wanting to have to be responsible for the answers and probably not feeling in control over, you know, the financial like situation. And so, um, you know, I think it partly came from a, you know, a limiting belief that she didn't have the authority to answer, but it also, you know, it spoke volumes to me as a young girl that, you know, I learned a lot from that messaging that, you know, A, (laughs) the father of the house is kind of the end-all, be-all decision maker. And oh, by the way, should be the one that controls the finances. Um, Mm -hmm. B, that, you know, she didn't have the desire to understand, you know, and, and I think, you know, I think my takeaway was, um, nor did she really care, you know, and so Mm -hmm. I have, kind of taken away from that. Like, I actually really care. I want to have a more, um, I want to have more of a dialogue with my children when they ask, like, I want to better understand why it is that they want something. Um, 
you know, I want to have a, a just a larger communication around that. And, you know, not to say I'm not going to, you know, collaborate with my husband on the decision, but I'm not going to abdicate like my responsibility either. So I think those, that was kind of my takeaway from that experience. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing because most women would be like, okay, I'm going to give my authority to the husband, to my husband and have him control all the finances and not know anything about money. When I worked at social security administration, you know, all these widows would come in. They had no idea what a checkbook was. Well, my husband took care of all that. Can you help me? Can you help me? What is it? (laughs) Okay. You need to educate yourself. You need to know about money. So I love to personify money. I date money is all about having that money relationship. And I love how your program incorporates the three major wealth, health, and relationships. So personifying money, looking at it as a relationship, tell us what's your relationship with money like? Ooh, um, you know, it's, it's a fun and exciting relationship. Um, I would say adventuresome. Um, I kind of look at it as like the dates that we go on are more, um, exhilarating, like zip lining. (laughs) (laughs) Um, sometimes they're a little bit more low key, like just trying out a new restaurant, but, um, it feels, very exhilarating. Um, I, to personify it, I would say it's, it is somebody that, um, is abundant, you know, they Mm -hmm. live very expansive, um, in in a way that feels expansive and, um, not closed off at all. Mm -hmm. Like always just open to, new ideas and new possibilities and new people to meet. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I think about money. It's really, um, it's for me, it's, it's a tool to mm-hmm. create all of those things in my life. And it's exactly what it is as a tool <laughs> and seeing in that light, that's a beautiful way to depict it and to understand it's meant for you to to multiply by creating that reciprocal energy. So I love that, you know, even though you grew up with these limiting beliefs, you've incorporated this beautiful program um, to change the thought process, which is, I believe, the key to making changes in all the things that we do, including our finances, because it really isn't about the numbers. Money doesn't want to be a number. And, you know, that's one of the things that we work on in my wealth activation program is when you can personify money, you can understand what you're thinking about money and why you believe that is it really true? Because let's, let's think about this true. And we rewrite our money story. So it's beautiful how you've incorporated all of these things um, to help as many people as possible and just get that reciprocal energy going, that ripple effect. It's so beautiful. So you shared a little bit about your business with us. You explained your self program, Um, but what's your, what's your elevator pitch? Give us your, your, uh, Yeah, I would say if you are feeling broken, unworthy, um, unable to change, if you're feeling out of control, you've got to ask yourself, what is it that you need? And um, if you're feeling out of control, I would love to suggest that it is a sense of self-control that will extinguish the feeling that you've been operating from. And it's not because you're broken. It's simply because you have not yet been taught. And so Mm -hmm. I want you just to try on that thought and notice how that thought makes you feel. Hopefully it's 
exciting. It's, you know, it, at least it makes you curious about, you know, what more is there for me to know about, you know, the sense of control that, you know, I haven't yet operated from and just really, you know, kind of be willing to walk through that door and explore what you're thinking and feeling around that is. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love what you're doing. That's amazing. What's the best way for our audience to get connected with you? Yeah, so just www.self. So it's S-E-L-F and then dash M-A-D-E, the letter U.com. We have all sorts of free resources on there. Um, We teach the self-control operating system on there and um and it'll also direct you to all of our social media channels. So yeah, that's the one-stop shop. <laughs> that's beautiful. Well thank you for that. And um for parting words, what would you like to share with the audience? Oh my gosh. Well when you were talking about what money means, I one of the kind of fun ways that I've just been challenging myself to think about money is thinking about money as energy. Mm-hmm. So when I'm exchanging money for, you know, any sort of goods, I think about it as energy and it makes me so abundantly want to hand it over. It makes the transactions that I have with my clients mean so much more. So yeah, I think thinking about money as energy, it can be really fun. I love that. I'm going to have to adopt that thought process too. <laughs> I I am not quite there with the energy part. I talk about money being energy as the reciprocal energy, but when I need to explain it or talk about it, I'm like, how does that go? And I know you have that expertise with the neuroscience and all of that. That's I have to tap into that part of my brain. So thank you so much, Tracy, for sharing your expertise, your stories, and um, the scientific facts about the thought process. That's just so beautiful. And I, I love what you're doing. And for those of you who are listening, be sure to check the show notes. Go check out her website. There's tons of freebies. And if you want to change your thought process, which is probably... The first thing you need to do before you do anything, right? <laughs> Gather the facts, figure out why you believe what you believe. Start with um, the selfmadeyou.com, right? Um, yep. And and get, get connected with Tracy, get into her world. She has a podcast, so tune in. And if you know someone who needs to hear this episode, please share it with them. And we always remember that it doesn't matter how much money you have. It's what you do with it. Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to rate the show. Give us some love. We would love your review. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. And some words of advice, pay yourself first. Are you ready to partner with money? Go check out the money dating game at idatemoney.com and choose your partner. We hope you always get the date you want.